Welcome to Birth Choices, a podcast where we examine the choices available to you in pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Interviewing experts and hearing from women and birthing people about how they chose and experienced their model of care, we aim to leave you feeling informed, able to make autonomous decisions, and ultimately confident in your innate ability to birth. Birth Choices would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands and waterways where we record from today, the Bunurong and Wurundjeri tribes of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and acknowledge their long history of storytelling when we share stories of birth on our podcast. We acknowledge that before colonisation, culturally safe birthing was an uninterrupted practice for over 60,000 years, with great diversity of rituals, ceremonies and practices across the lands we now know as Australia. When examining the evidence on our maternity system, we acknowledge that First Nations mothers and babies have poorer outcomes on average than their non-Indigenous counterparts, and that access to birthing on country models of care ought to be a national priority. We are your hosts, Alice and Alicia. Welcome to Birth Choices. So we're here today to tell you a bit more about what you can expect from the Birth Choices podcast to give you a sense of who we are and what our plans for the podcast are and what we're excited to share with you. We're going to do a bit of an intro of each other and then have a chat about what our vision is and why we'd love you to come along for the ride with the Birth Choices podcast. I'm Alice, a mum of two boys, three and a half, almost four-year-old and a seven-month-old. I am a lawyer turned doula and midwifery student, and I am incredibly passionate about all things pregnancy, birth and postpartum. I've experienced my life being totally transformed by, by birth in terms of my sense of self and career and purpose. If you told me 10 years ago that I would be you know, knee deep in pregnancy and birth content and working at, well, first of all, I would have never heard of a doula. I would have just sneered at the thought that I would be so interested in birth when, I mean, I think I always, I always thought that I would want to be a mum, but I thought it would not be a defining feature of my life. I thought I would be a um, career woman working full-time as a lawyer and any children I did have would just slot in around that. But I really experienced that the ability of a powerful birth, or at least one that I thought was powerful at the time, to transform the way you feel about yourself and the things you want to do in life. So I'm looking forward to sharing a bit about that, but ultimately supporting other people in their own journey through pregnancy, birth and postpartum. And I am excited to be launching this with you, Alicia, who I met through our study of midwifery at uni. Yes, so I'm Alicia. Alice's co-host and friend. I'm a mum of four. I very recently had my fourth baby. She's five weeks old now and I've also got three boys who are almost nine, almost seven and almost four. I also came to study midwifery as sort of a second career. I had a career beforehand in marketing and came to birth through my first pregnancy and really got excited and passionate about it during that pregnancy and having beautiful birth experiences with my children. And then after my third was when I decided that I wanted to make this more of a career and do birth alongside other people and supporting women through their journeys. And here we are, Alice and I met studying 
at university and turns out 9am Monday tut yes 9am Monday turns out there's a benefit to being the only people that want to do that class and we are as obsessed as each other it turns out which has worked in our favor We've both had very different birthing experiences in terms of our model of care choice. And we've also followed along and supported a whole lot of women who have also been in different streams of care. So I came from first birth, booked into a private obstetrician because that was what the people around me did. My level of research on care provider was a spreadsheet comparing all of the obstetricians and their management fees and maybe some of their reviews, which are available online. But that was the extent of research. I definitely, it was just a given for me that, oh, well, I have the insurance and so I'll book in for private because that's a done thing without having really any sense of the full gamut of options that were available from public to private and anywhere in between, let alone different places which you could potentially give birth in. So yeah, went from first birth private obstetrician. That experience was for me at the time really positive and I came out feeling like an absolute superhero. I think that <laughs> contributed to me having, and you know, that's how we want everyone to feel. Um, I mean, the three years since I have learned a lot more about birth and the, the parts of those experience, which probably were not ideal and didn't need to happen and would have been impacted by a different care provider. I don't want people to have any sense of a negative experience in order to experience transformation. But I know for me, had my experience not been the way it was, I wouldn't have made all of the leaps that I've made in the period since. And I had my second birth earlier this year, which was at home through a hospital home birth program, um, much like Alicia. And Alicia was my student midwife. And yeah. then I got to be your student midwife. So together we've launched Birth Choices, which is a platform to educate, share stories and provide full spectrum doula support from conception to postpartum. And we want people to be aware of the choices that do exist from the moment of conception all the way through so that they can make informed choices. We're not here to tell you what choices to make, but we want you to know that you do have choices and what they are because so often people are not made aware of the choices that exist yeah and just acknowledging that even when you feel relatively informed like i feel like both of us did in our previous births that depending on the source it's coming from you may still be missing out on a huge range of choices that are actually available to you and even with that a lot of people don't know the choices they have to make in terms of their care provider so we're trying to help people set off on the right foot from the get-go so I guess the last few years for us have been spent supporting women through our studies, but also hearing from our student colleagues that there's a desire to find more information on certain topics. I guess, yeah, we just have this sort of growing sense that the information is spread so far and wide. It's available, but you need to know where it is. The information is overwhelming. I just had this conversation this morning <laughs> with a family mm -hmm. friend of mine that you don't know where to begin even if you are actively searching, even if you are curious, finding it all in one spot rather than needing to go far and wide and getting stuck in the weeds of all the conflicting opinions of which there are many in this space. And that's what will be happening um, on the website in terms of information to yeah, assist in your education about your options. And then through doula support, having the option of having that sort of one-on-one -on -one chats where we talk through a particular choice you might be weighing up or that sort of wraparound doula support where you have a person on your team, one of us from conception or from whatever point in pregnancy you choose to have it to 
you know, hold your hand, provide you with access to good information, debrief on appointments with your care provider, talk about things that might be coming up for you emotionally, physically, help in making birth plans and things like that. Birth plans, which have got so much negative publicity in the last little while and, you know, clickbaity articles about why birth plans are setting women up to fail. And that's just, I guess, our philosophy around that is that that's so wrong and that birth plans and birth preferences and birth maps are all an amazing opportunity for women, birthing people, couples, anyone, um, to turn their mind to what choices do exist in this sphere and do their own research and formulate a plan for their quote-unquote ideal birth but also every kind of deviation that may or may not happen so that they can feel like they are an active participant in that experience. And we know you can never guarantee an amazing outcome birth is inherently unpredictable but I guess and that's put out a lot as a way of dismissing women's abilities to have a role in their birth or to make choices and we don't agree with that some element of it is inherently unpredictable and you can't plan for everything but most of the time birth works provided you don't meddle with it there is absolutely a role for intervention where it's medically required but unfortunately in Australia and many other equivalent jurisdictions we see the overuse of certain interventions which then lead to their own harms and women being then sort of quote-unquote saved from those harms by other forms of intervention which potentially didn't need to happen in the first place. So our plan for the Birth Choices podcast is to share stories of women birthing people and also couples of how they chose and experienced their model of care. So people from all different care provider models, people who've chosen different places of birth from birthing in public hospitals, private hospitals, birth centres and at home, just to highlight why they made those decisions, how they felt both you know, physically and emotionally supported by that care provider because we know what an impact your choice of care provider can have on your birth experience. Um, that's borne out in the evidence, but also in in the stories that people tell. And while hopefully we'll have some stories of first-time parents making certain choices, the sort of stereotype is that a lot of the time people will make a certain choice for their first birth and there might be elements of their experience which they felt like weren't ideal or they would like to improve on next time and they make a different choice for their second or subsequent birth and being able to reflect on the differences between the two we think will be really helpful for people and as well as stories from individuals we're also looking forward to speaking to some of those experts in those fields so speaking to some private midwives about the kind of care they provide both during pregnancy and birth in conjunction with the hospital or out of hospital speaking to certain private obstetricians and then a broader collection of people who might form part of your pregnancy care team from you know women's health physios to doulas to all sorts of body workers realizing that there are many ways that you can construct your pregnancy care team to suit your needs both in pregnancy birth and postpartum and to make sure that you have the most positive experience that you can yeah, that sort of catchphrase of which we have adopted, <laughs> coined or adopted, who knows, um, about your first birth not being a trial run. You hear it so often and, and a huge part of this is cultural that we've sort of come to a place where women are feeling inherently dubious about their ability to birth their babies despite the fact that we've been doing it for thousands of years, I guess, and that's the reason why we're wanting to share some positive stories because too often the positive stories aren't shared but the broader result of the sharing of these 
negative stories without the sort of counterbalancing positive ones is that we have a whole generation of women who are doubting their ability to birth and are saying, well, I'm just, I'm just going to go with the flow or um, I hope for the best with this one and things like this without recognition of, I guess, the impact that your first birth can have on your subsequent births, both positive and negative and both sort of emotionally and physically. And in terms of what your care options will be, depending mm. on what happens with your first birth, obviously we'll go into stories of VBAC and things like that. I'm not sure everyone is aware of the implications of certain interventions in a first birth and what that can limit you to, uh, or at least what the system will limit you to in subsequent births. And so it's just about having the full picture, not because one choices right or wrong but just because there is implications to some of these decisions and I'm not sure they're always presented as such depending on your care provider. Our hope is that by having a home for all this knowledge from all the experts in this space of which there are so many incredible people that hopefully it will just mean that more people get really good information and get to make a well-rounded decision when they're pregnant when they're in labor in their postpartum period yeah because you deserve it i guess talking idealistically i should say that in an ideal world we would love that you could choose whichever model of care you would like and you could walk into whichever venue you'd like and come out having the birth experience that you want to have but unfortunately that's not the reality at the moment and so unless you're incredibly lucky you do have to do a certain level of preparation and arm yourself with a certain type of support in order to increase your chances of a more positive experience. I think, you know, we do women a disservice in so many aspects of maternity care. And one of those ways is by saying to women that, you know, birth is just one day in your life. Not only may it be more than one day um, in a physical sense, but it's so much more than that. Anyone who has given birth will tell you whether it's a positive experience or a negative experience what an impact that has had on them. And, you know, it might not cause them to do a 180 and flip their entire career, but it will have impacts on the way they enter parenthood, on how they view like their confidence around certain things, both inside parenthood and outside of it. It has the potential to be transformative and we should be hoping for the best possible experiences for women and birthing people across the whole maternity system and to dismiss it as either one day in your life and or the whole as long as we've got a healthy baby is just so wrong like obviously we all want a healthy baby that is just the bare minimum of what we should be expecting out of our experiences we have a long very ambitious list that we have compiled of people that we are looking forward to interviewing despite the fact that we have a lot of stuff going on in our lives and not a lot of time to record between unsynchronized baby naps but the passion is there and we are looking forward to sharing it with you and being in your ears and here we are alicia we're bloody doing it <laughs> we did it our babies are asleep and we're recording yeah. it's happened so yes this is meant to be the teaser episode and we would love it if now that you can see us on wherever you listen to your podcast on spotify or apple or whatever it is if you hit subscribe then you'll be notified as soon as we release our next episode we're going to start off with care provider options what are they so we're looking forward to digging into a bit of that and presenting the evidence to you in a way that is easy to digest and accompanied with stories and also if you've got a story you are willing to share we're wanting to talk to everyone who's had all sorts of different experiences you can go to birthchoices.com.au slash podcast and there's a form there for you to 
pop your information in and one of us will send you a message and try and set up a time where perhaps all of our children are sleeping so that we can record your story. But we'd love that. We look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye.